Hey, welcome to another episode of Dream Chasers Podcast. Um, want to thank our sponsors, uh, Replay Hemp, Team Away, Biosound Therapy, and Reader's Ice. Uh, without you guys, uh, we don't have a podcast. So uh, definitely appreciate uh, you guys definitely investing into this podcast. Um, uh, today we got a we got a guest coming on. Knowing uh, this guy over 10 years, very influential, uh, father of, uh, of NBA player Gary Harris. This is the Gary Harris. Uh, without without uh, this Gary Harris, there is no Gary Harris. How you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me, man. I know this is a long time overdue, so happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. Well, a good friend of mine, um, very like-minded. I mean, I think your parents could definitely benefit on some of the best practices that uh, he has uh, practiced for his kids. Um, and then also uh, just the, the type of father that uh, I think most of us would strive to be. Gary, tell us about your background uh, in sports. Where are you from? Uh, early life for Gary Harris. Okay, no problem. So uh, as you know, I am Gary Harris. Uh, I'm from Gary, Indiana, born and raised in Gary, Indiana. So I uh, grew up, uh, people either know it for Michael Jackson or they know it for Glenn Big Dog Robinson. So those are kind of two of the, the big names, but there have been several others. Um, you know, I didn't have a, a glorious sports career growing up in Gary, Indiana. I was actually very academically focused. Uh, my mother was an educator in the city for almost 40 years. Uh, my father did law enforcement in a neighboring city. And um, so those were kind of like the, the, the backbones of, you know, how I became who I became. So, you know, discipline and academics were very important in my household. So uh, I um, did participate in sports growing up, like most African-American kids uh, from the city. I played a lot of baseball, played some basketball. I did not play football growing up, but football was my favorite sport. I uh, could not play because I fractured my skull at a young age. And uh, because of that, my doctor never cleared me to play football, but grew up playing baseball, basketball. My parents put me in a lot of different things. I took chess lessons. I uh, swam, uh, got introduced to the water at a very early age and uh, kind of resisted that. That was probably the, my best sport in the long haul. But I resisted it for a long time because just like a lot of young men growing up in the city, I wanted to be a hooper. Uh, but I wasn't that good at all. So I'll just get that out of the way. Late, late bloomer was somebody that didn't really grow a whole lot until I got to high school. Um, but by that time, I missed that basketball boat. So my concentration was swimming, uh, swam, ran cross country. I was a lifeguard on Lake Michigan for years, um, but, um, you know, did well in high school, uh, had opportunities to pursue swimming in college, but I chose to go to Purdue uh, because I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. So uh, my major was pre-veterinary medicine. So your wife, uh, Joy Harris, uh, played, obviously, um, one of the, uh, she has a couple of records uh, in the Purdue basketball books. Um, former WNBA player. Um, tell us a story of you and Joy. How'd y'all meet? 
Okay. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's going to be two different um, versions of this story. If you ask me, you're going to get one version. If you ask her, you're going to get another version. Right. But um, actually, she's very humble and really does not talk a lot about her accolades. But at the time, uh, she kind of broke uh, ground on some things at Purdue that had never happened before. She was the first Big Ten player of the year. She was the first women's Kodak All-American. You know, she went on and played professionally in Japan. Uh, then she had a, a short stint coaching at the University of Cincinnati, but basketball called her back. And then she, you know, went on and played a couple years in the WNBA. I mean, the ABL initially, then the ABL folded, and then she went to the WNBA. But we met. <laughs> it's a funny story, man. So one of my my roommates was dating a girl on the basketball team. And he was like, man, you should go to this women's game with me, man. I don't want to go by myself. And I was like, man, I don't want to go see any women play basketball. <laughs> you know, at this time, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't much of a hooper. But when I got to college is when I kind of emerged and I called myself a co-rec All-American right. because, you know, I was able to do some things, had a lot of fun. So I played a lot of ball with this particular roommate of mine. So we used to always run the court, but he's like, come on, G, you need to roll with me to this women's game because I'm going to be in the doghouse if I don't come see my girl play. So he did this several weeks and I always said no. So one week I finally said, you know what, man, let me just go with you. I'm not doing anything. It's a Sunday game. So I rolled with him to a Purdue women's game and uh, we got there about uh, second half and, you know, it was okay. Back then the, the crowds weren't real heavy, so we could just walk in and sit wherever we wanted to. And then I noticed this one young lady uh, who happened to end up being my wife. Uh, but I was like, man, who's that number 40 girl, man? I need to, you know, find out about her. Ask your, ask your, uh, ask your girl what's going on with number 40. And so uh, we eventually met. We eventually, uh, you know, uh, talked about basketball and became a little bit on the competitive side. And uh, one thing led to another, went out on a date. And then, sure, we just celebrated 25 years of marriage. And so the rest is history. So that's, that's a little bit about her. So, so uh, question, and, and like I said, I'll, I'll kind of get back on track. Um, have you seen many uh, WNBA games since? Um, you know, I mean, in comparison to when they started? You know, not really. Uh, I was really involved early on. Uh, like I said, she played overseas in Japan. Then she played in ABL and then the WNBA. I um, I had interest. She played up for the Detroit Shock, and her coach was Nancy Lieberman-Klein. A lot of people know her because she's coached the Big Three this past year. And uh, she's, a, she's a, a Hall of Famer, basketball Hall of Famer. So she was the coach. And so, obviously, I attended as many games as I could. Uh, but more importantly, Lil Gary, we had him at the time, and he was a young fella, and he was always in the gym, always at practice, always on the court. And uh, I remember Nancy Lieberman's son, TJ, who I believe went on and played, I know, college ball. I'm not sure if he played professionally, but those two used to always be on the court after practice playing each other one-on-one. -on -one. So that was kind of the beginning days of um, – you know, that love for basketball that Gary ultimately developed because he used to travel around with his mother, both when she was in the ABL and then in the WBA. So he was always in gyms all the time. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I met I met you guys through um, uh, Joy Harris coach, my wife, uh, Kia Hayes, who is now Kia Harrington. Uh, and we used to see little Gary 
running around. I mean, just like crazy. He was always around the gym, having a good time. Uh, you know, just enjoying the game of basketball. It looked like it was enjoyable for him. Uh, tell me a little bit about Gary's uh, early childhood. Okay. What sports did he play? Um, what was he like? Um. Yeah, so I, I just like I mentioned, basketball was always around, but uh, he played all sports. I mean, whatever we could get our hands on. So Gary moved around a lot because of his mom playing basketball. We started off in Lafayette, Indiana. Then we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he spent some stints with his mom in Seattle, Washington, as well as up in Detroit while she played basketball. So, uh, But whenever we were together, which was often, quite often, because we would split time with him, um, you know, I'd have a baseball in his hand sometimes. He'd swing, a, uh, you know, swinging the bat. He could hit the ball. He had great hand-eye coordination. Uh, he could catch really well uh, football. So we always threw the football around. Uh, so he was kind of a natural at everything. And I really thought football was going to be his path because um, in Tennessee, you could play tackle football at an earlier age than you can in a lot of other states. And so when he first, very first time he played football, uh, very first kickoff he was ever involved in. So he was a double striper because he was kind of a thick fella. Right. So, he, so he couldn't run the ball, but he was on the offensive line. But very first kickoff he was a part of. I don't know if you remember those old uh, Madden football games where ambulance would have to come out on the field right. to take a playoff. That literally, literally happened the very first time he was on the kickoff. His coach told him, the first guy you see – on this kickoff, just run and just knock the snot out of him. Right. And that's exactly what he did. And he knocked the kid, hit the kid so hard. Luckily, there was a fire station right next door oh, to the football man. field. Right. And they had to call the ambulance. And the ambulance literally drove on the field. And they had to take the kid off. Now, thankfully, everything worked out and the kid ended up being okay. Right. But that was when I was like, man, this dude might be pretty good at football. And the second story, quick one, uh, they were playing this – uh, team in Nashville that was notoriously known for being, you know, just nobody could beat them. That's just who they were. They had all the athletes. They were from a certain side of town. They were called the Unibears. And I think uh, my man that plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the cornerback, I think he grew up playing for the Unibears. And uh, so that just lets you know the type of talent that came out of that organization. But again, my son was a double striper. Right. And he didn't know that he couldn't run the football. I mean, the ball was kicked up to him, kickoff, caught the ball off the kickoff and took off, ran it all the way back with all these athletes. And he's been, he's a chunky boy, you know, because he's a double striper lineman and he ran it all the way back for a touchdown. Now, it didn't count because he was a double striper and he wasn't supposed to run the ball. But I was like, man, this dude has a thing for football. So I started trying to indoctrinate him a little bit and, and even brainwash him a little bit into the Miami Hurricanes. So. You know, he grew up a Miami Hurricanes fan. And Sean Taylor actually uh, ended up being his favorite uh, player from the Miami Hurricanes. So uh, the legendary, rest in peace, Sean Taylor was his guy. So. Now, how did, how did uh, you know, football and other sports help Gary uh, to become an NBA star? You know what? I think, Harv, um, the competitive nature of football. Okay always having to be ready because if you're not paying attention you right. can get hurt <laughs> so yeah. so I think the physicality uh was something that 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 uh, he gravitated towards he enjoyed it he embraced it and you could probably even see it a little bit now as you watch him playing the NBA 
You know, he runs off a lot of screens. He chases a lot of the best players in the game around. Uh, but he doesn't avoid contact. He likes contact, especially on the defensive end. So that's just something that I just think is natural. Right. So I, I know you have two other boys. Um, you got three. It's, there's three. There's three Harris boys. Okay. In your household, um, what are some of the best practices you use um, for your sons? Period. Just, not just talking about sports, but talking about life. What are, what are some good practices or certain things that you instill in them that you hope they take with them as they go out into the world? I think, like I mentioned at the very beginning, um, education and discipline are, are most important. Like for Gary even, like our main objective initially was just to get a free education. Uh, thankfully, uh, he was able to go to college and he only was there two years. Our, our hope is that he eventually goes back and graduates, but it was all about getting a free education uh, and concentrating because at the end of the day, you know, sports, you know, it's cliche, you know, that ball's going to stop bouncing. Uh, you know, whatever sports you play, that time is going to be up at a relatively young age. So you have to, uh, look at the long game and see what it is you really want to do. So in our household, we try to emphasize education. Uh, my three boys uh, have varying success educationally, varying success uh, athletically, but more importantly, it's about the life lessons that you learn from sports. So uh, my middle guy played football and basketball. Uh, my younger one plays soccer. So we think uh, the things that you learn from team sports help you in life. Um, but yeah, so education, uh, family values, uh, God fearing, you know, the typical things that um, I think, um, you know, treat other people like you want to be treated. Right. Just, just those are kind of the, the basic rules of the, of the home. Um, respect, respect, you know, that's very important too. Uh, but don't be, don't get disrespected either. Don't allow anybody to disrespect, you know, sure. stand your ground. So. So, man, tell me, um, in high school, Gary played uh, football, he played basketball, uh, was very good at both of them. Um, tell me a little bit about the evolution of how he came up, um, you know, looking at both sports, how he ultimately chose basketball uh, over football, being, being one of the top football guys uh, in the state. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, it's still tough for me because – I still, parts of me wish that he had chosen football. Right. Obviously, basketball uh, has a little bit more longevity, uh, guaranteed money. So, you know, all that stuff matters. However, uh, you know, coming up, Gary was a natural. He just was a natural athlete. However, he was younger than most. And so his full development didn't kick in until, you know, Maybe it started around junior year of high school, right. and then it continued to grow as he moved on. Um, so he graduated. He was still just 17 years old. So he wasn't quite the man that he started to grow to become in college and, and in the early NBA. Right. But, um, you know, I felt that he should continue to play both all the way through. You know, some people, some college coaches that were recruiting him were saying, hey, you need to let football go. Uh, some college coaches were like, hey, we know the football coach. You can play both if you want to. And, you know, in today's society or environment, that's a little unrealistic to be able to do both because of the demands. Um, but uh, he just chose – I mean, he told me one day, he was like, hey, Dad, um, 
football is my first love, but basketball is my passion. And so once he told me that, that was kind (laughs) of the the decision that made him go that route. But I'm glad he did stick out all four years of high school football. He played with his buddies that he grew up with, and uh, he completed that chapter. And then with basketball, um, you know, he did that for four years, obviously, as well. But he had choices. He had options. I mean, he could have played Division One football. He had multiple Division One football offers. Uh, he was first team uh, All-State in football. Um, he was All-State junior and senior year. I can't remember if he was first team his junior year. But, um, you know, it's good to have options. So. Yeah. It's funny, uh, I was in the store uh, the other day, I had a guy come up and, and I, I kind of value what this guy says. We talk about sports all the time. And every time I see him, he's asking about my kids, I'm asking about his. And um, I, we just somehow got on the subject of Gary Harris. And I, I, obviously, I think I know how you feel about this, but maybe not. I'd like to hear it from you. He told me, he was like, well, um, Gary's playing the wrong sport. Gary, Gary would have stood to make more money in the NFL. He did. And I'm like, dude, just sign that big contract. Like, how are you going to tell me that he's standing there? I mean, he signed that big contract, which is what a four year deal. And Gary got a lot left in him. But, you know, people feel like, you know, people were really hell bent on, you know, how good of a football player he was. And they forget how good of a basketball player he is. I mean, not forget, but. I think they're in awe. Like, I, I watched um, a lot of Gary's games, and I was super impressed. I remember um, I remember one of those games, I remember Gary went up and caught a ball almost like, I think it just he was either down or something like that, and they kind of threw the ball up, and Gary went up and caught it. Legs kind of got flipped up, fell down, and, came, and, and ran, you know, jumped right back, went right back in the huddle, and I'm like, man, that's the real deal. You know what I mean? Uh, but then I also watched him play basketball, and I'm like, <laughs> that's the real deal. So, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, of playing both sports, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to ask, like, do you do you think what? I mean, obviously, you can't you can't play hypothetical, but do you think that if he'd have went the football route, he'd be as successful as what he is in basketball right now? You know what? You never know. I mean, I don't want to sit here and lie to you and say he would have been the next Julio Jones right. or, or the next Megatron. I mean, even though he's every bit as big as those guys are, um, as you know, uh, height listings in football versus right. basketball. So in basketball, my son is considered an undersized two guard. Uh, if he were a, a football player, he would be considered a big wide receiver. Uh, obviously, you know, you throw some helmet on him and put some cleats on him. He's probably almost six, six, you know, if you do that, hands are incredible. So I don't know if it would have, you know, turned out similarly, similarly because of the speed aspect. Um, and I really don't know because Gary never trained for football ever. He just played football. He just played it because he loved it. Never trained, never went to a combine. Uh, a lot of times, uh, Football coaches used to be upset because he would miss uh, two a days because he was playing AAU basketball somewhere around the, around the country. So uh, who knows how good he could have been? But I do have a personal friend that I went to college with. It is the ex general manager of the Houston Texans, uh, Rick Smith. Um, Rick's a great guy, um, and I had him uh, come to a game. They were playing the Colts. It was a Thursday night football game. 
I believe it was a Thursday. So I think we were playing the day before we were playing a basketball game. I can't even remember who we were playing. But I asked Rick to come. I said, you know, I really want him to play college football. I really respect your opinion. So I want you to tell me what you think. So Rick got there early, watched warm-ups, uh, watched the first half of the game. And he had to get back uh, to prepare for, you know, with the organization. So he had to leave at halftime. But, you know, essentially he said, man, there's no doubt your son can play football if he continues to grow and develop at the next level. He said, however, because of how brutal of a sport it is, said, hey, tell him to play college basketball. If it doesn't work out, we love uh, to recruit guys that play basketball to come into the NFL. So obviously we never had to go down that road because basketball worked out. So uh, as that gentleman you met, you ran into at the store said, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of it all because a lot of people from around here do remember how really good he was at, at football and he could have probably even been better, <laughs> you know, if it were a situation, if he were at a school that weren't so large and if he played both ways, I mean, he really could have been, uh, a potential standout uh, football player, at least at the college level. Who knows what would have happened uh, on the NFL? I mean, on the NBA. I mean, on the NFL level. So. Yeah. What What was a, a aha moment for you? Like, uh, you know, basketball, football. Um, you know, obviously he's an NBA an NBA star. When was a When was a, a aha moment when you were like, oh man, you know what I mean? My son, my son really can play the game. You know, this is, you know, this is a sport that he may be destined for. Uh, I have a couple of aha moments. So one, one was um, junior high school, and I can't remember exactly how many points he had, but it was 30-some-mile points in a junior high school basketball game. I think it may have been the seventh grade, and they were playing Pendleton Heights. You know, that was an aha moment for me because early in Gary's basketball career in Fishers, he primarily played the five or the four. So he never was a guard until he got to junior high school. So I didn't really know if he could shoot or, or, you know, really play like that. I knew he played hard. I knew he was aggressive. He was always in foul trouble. And in AAU, he used to always be the head of the press. So if he played on a mixture of guys from all around the city, he was always a guy with great anticipation, which translates to football as well, because Gary was a free safety in football as well as a receiver. He just didn't play safety as much. So he really had a knack for the ball, stealing the ball, quick hands. And, you know, those who may follow him in the NBA level, you know, he gets his share of rips of ripping some of the top guys in the league. So he still has those good hands, those strong hands. So um, so I would say that 30-plus some odd game in seventh grade was an aha moment. And then I believe it was a game in his 10th grade year, high school basketball. And I think they were playing Northwest and he uh, dunked on a guy like chest to chest. The guy jumped with them and the guy was, I mean, the guy had to have been about six, six or six, seven. Gary was probably about six, two at the time. And the 10th grader, Gary was only 15 years old. And when he dunked on that guy in traffic, I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> like he might, he might be good. So I'm thinking he might be, you know, Right. You know, going from a low-level potential D1 player right. to a high-level, at least a mid-level D1 player. Right. So th that was an aha moment for me in basketball. Football, let's see, there were man, several aha moments. I mean, because he, as a freshman, um, and I'm glad he only played freshman football, 
um, at HSC, but he broke his wrist uh, before the football season began. So he missed the first two games of the season because uh, he had a broken wrist. And then he was going to have to set out a punishment because he missed uh, two a days because he played in eighth grade nationals, AAU in Orlando. So uh, I think he ended up missing a total of three games and there's only nine games in high school football. So he played in six and he had a cast on uh, for the whole season and he had nine interceptions playing free safety. (laughs) So he had great anticipation and, uh, that was his thing. So that was an aha moment. I'm like, man, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, uh, about recruitment. Um, tell me a little bit about like, what was it, what was it like going through, going through the recruitment uh, stage? So let's talk recruitment. Um, what was it like, uh, Gary getting recruited in high school, um, on the basketball side? and the football side. Uh, do you have any stories you can tell me about recruitment and what was it like for you and your wife going through it with them? Okay, yeah. So on the basketball side, that was obviously the side that he got the most recruitment. He did get a lot of letters, and he had coaches coming up to the school for on the football side. A lot of it I didn't find out about until after the fact or until we got something in the mail. Right. Uh, and even after he – made a decision to go to basketball route. There were multiple emails that he received from multiple colleges on the football side that were offering him uh, scholarships to attend their universities. And as you know, on the football side, it's not real unless they're written. So, uh, and there were several written scholarship offers that he received. Uh, Some arrived at the home, some were sent electronically, uh, but you know, that's neither here nor there because he didn't go that route. So on the basketball side, he started getting interest really early. So between his eighth grade and ninth grade year, uh, he played in the summer with the HSC basketball team, and he played with the varsity guys. And I remember they took a tour. Uh, as you know, being an ex-high school coach, they go through these camps at these universities where they play other schools, uh, other high schools from across the area, region, whatever. And so they went to one in Evansville, and when he got back from Evansville, he gave me a card mm-hmm. on, uh, from an assistant basketball coach. So I didn't think anything of it. So I called the, the guy maybe a week or so later, introduced myself, and I said, hey, my son gave me this card. And he said, hey, I know it's early. He's like, I think your son may not be on our level. He'll probably exceed that by the time he's out of high school. Uh, and, you know, We're not offering him a scholarship, but we know that he will be the type of kid that we would offer a scholarship to uh, as time goes on. So if something were to ever happen and – and he didn't reach you know, the level that this assistant coach thought he would would uh, potentially get to. He was putting it out there that he could definitely play basketball at Evansville University. So that was kind of the beginning. Then uh, Brad Stevens was always around because he was recruiting a guy that was uh, a senior at HSC when my son was a freshman. So he was at a lot of our open gyms. Uh, he began to express interest early. Uh, Butler eventually offered later on down the road. And then Ron Hunter uh, at IUPUI at the time, his son and my son um, were friends, competitors, um, played AAU ball together uh, early on. So that was another early scholarship offer. But probably the, the biggest, quote unquote, uh, interest he got 
the earliest during his freshman year of high school, um, King Rice, uh, legendary King Rice, who played basketball in North Carolina, uh, was an assistant coach at Vanderbilt at the time. And uh, he he was probably the first guy from an SEC program that actually paid attention and thought that my son could ultimately one day play in the SEC. Now let's talk Izzo. Uh, Gary made the decision to go to Michigan State. Um, I know you got probably got some stories about Izzo. What was your what was your uh, experience with Izzo? What was Gary's experience with Izzo? Um, and then um, what are some things that I mean maybe you can enlighten us on what is it really like uh, to play for a coach of, the ca- of that caliber? Okay. Yeah, no problem. I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on Izzo alone. Right. Uh, but I'll just simply say it in a few words. I mean, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's what you see is what you get. There's no phoniness. There's no fakeness. Right. Uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeves. He 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 pushes you hard, but he also loves hard. Right. Um, you know, I talked to that man during the, the Portland series, uh, before games, after games. So he still stays in, in touch with the families, not just the players, but the families. And that was one of the things during the recruitment process, uh, especially when Gary went on his official visit, you really notice how often, um, not just for the official visit, cause you can stage that, but, you know, just going there on numerous weekends throughout his high school career, there was always, uh, a large group of ex players and the family members of the ex players that were always still around the program. So when they preached family, they really meant that family thing and it's evident and we're experiencing it now with him still being heavily involved and just checking in, not just because Gary's been doing pretty well, been an NBA starter for the last five years, I mean, four years, four out of his five, he's been starting. But really that first year when Gary rarely even played, he was always available, always calling, always checking, you know, just making sure Gary's head was in a good space and um, always encouraging him to come back and, you know, just whatever we need. Um, you know, that's just the type of guy he is. So he's very intense and he knows this. And anybody who's ever asked me the question that has kids that are aspiring to potentially play mm-hmm. at Michigan State, I always tell them, I mean, he's not for everybody. Right. So so if you can't take that type of toughness, that type of tough love, that, you know, sometimes old school way of, of chastising you uh, verbally, if you can't take that, that's not the place for you to go. But if you want somebody that's going to challenge you and help, make you drive you to bring out the best in you um, then that's the place that you may want to consider because he does a great job not just Izzo but his staff you know he's had a long uh, term uh, staff of Mike Garland um, Dane Fife and DJ DJ's been there with him DJ played there uh, as well Dwayne Stevens we call him DJ so he's had those guys with him for a long time and they all do a great job since we're on the subject of coaches, um, you you probably had your share of coaches uh, with Gary going through it, and then obviously uh, Cameron played basketball, played football. When stuff is not going well, um, how do how do you handle um, dealing with coaches? You know, what do you, I, I know a lot of parents now uh, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna go ahead and, and write the coach, and we need to sit down and we need to talk. Um, what what is a way that um, what did, what did you do for your boys kind of kind of to, you know, either deter that or, uh, you know, kind of to help with the problems that they had um, 
or, you know, if, if they're not playing well and maybe somebody's playing over them, you know, how do you deal with, uh, how did you deal with coaches? And like I said, how, how, you know, what do you see, you know, what's advice that you can give to some parents that possibly have a kid that's maybe, you know, on that corner or on that, you know, they, they can be really good, but maybe the, the coach is pretty tough on them. Uh, you know, what would you tell a parent or, or what is some advice that you would give just dealing with and, and you can talk about your past history on it. Um, you know, you can kind of elaborate as you, as you feel such. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I try to keep it brief. Cause you know, this, this could be another podcast too. Uh, so my approach, obviously with the two children that I've had that have actually gone through and had the high school experience, they've had two different high school experiences. You know, obviously Gary had a lot of success early, but I never forced how good Gary was down the coach's throat and, you know, put pressure on the coach to play my son. I always told my son to be prepared to do what you need to do to take the job from the individuals that are in front of you. Not because you coming in here like, Hey, I'm better than you go prove it. And then those people will fall in line because they know that you're better than them. But um, so I've always tried to respect the coach's job, knowing that the coach's job is, is very difficult. It's way more complicated than many parents realize. Also my wife coached at three different division one schools or universities so, you know, I had that perspective as well from her being a coach, but we're always about, um, it's tough. A lot of people don't necessarily like this, but we always just try to say you're responsible for your own success. Mm. It's not the coach. Right. It's you. It's up to you. It's not what's said to you. It was done to you. It's how you handle what's said to you. It was done to you. Right. You probably have a lot of podcasters. If you get people in the comments, they'll probably say that's some BS, but that's the way we approach things. Similarly with my next son, who didn't have the same success that my older son had, who we felt had a natural ability, uh, who could have at least done something at some level, he didn't have that same determination and that drive. That doesn't make him a bad kid. Right. He just wasn't able to deal with it um, as emotionally and um, maybe as aggressively as Gary did. But, you know, it, with that situation, you know, I think, may have had one conversation with the coach over his four years of playing, but he was in a difficult spot because everybody thinks that he should be as good as his brother. And that's not fair to him. He was definitely not as good as his brother, but he was not as bad or he was better than what uh, I believe they realized that he was, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Their life lessons, you learn from them, you grow from them and you move on. So uh, that's kind of how, we deal with it. Is there disappointment? Maybe a little bit, but if he's happy, I'm happy. At the end of the day, it's about him, you know, what he wants to do to uh, achieve success in his life. I mean, I can't live. And, you know, again, cliche, you know, a lot of parents hear this and they don't want to hear it, but, you know, you can't live vicariously through your children. You know, your children, they have to want it more than you want it. They have to do the sacrifice and uh, obviously, we put them in positions to be successful. We put them in environments and we we pay for training and we do things to help nurture that. But at the end of the day, the child has to decide. Right. They have to make a decision. This is what I want to do. Do I like basketball or do I love basketball? And everybody says they love basketball until they, it's time to do what it takes to, to, to really be good. So, uh, so that's some limited advice that I have. 
So hopefully you don't get killed in the comments or I don't get killed in the comments, but you know, I'm not hard to find, you know, if somebody wants to talk about it further. We can talk about it further. So, uh, the NBA, I want to talk about the NBA game and, um, you know, I just want to see how, uh, the NBA game has, has changed, um, maybe the outlook of your family. Now you and your wife, um, you guys are very, very successful. Um, you guys have been, you know, you've lived here in Fishers, Indiana. Um, I, I think that Gary came from a very, uh, a very blessed uh, background. Uh, your kids are coming from a very blessed uh, background. I'm kind of speaking off of uh, my own personal experience. I know uh, the NBA game has changed uh, my family, definitely. Um, I, and I know I, I'm actually thinking about doing a podcast about this, just talking about uh, NBA brothers and, and sisters and stuff like that, um, you know, because it just seems like, you know, uh, here, here comes, you know, Al Harrington or Gary Harris, and they, they gain this identity. Uh, that identity is not uh, Harvey Harrington's identity. You know what I mean? It's not uh, uh, Cameron's identity. It's not, you know, whoever uh, brother or sister that's out there, it's not their identity, but it changes your identity. And people kind of look at you different. You kind of get a little bit more different treatment. Um, what, what has been, um, how has your family uh, taken uh, Gary going to the NBA, um, having, having success, uh, actually, um, you know, getting his name out there big time. Um, how is, how has the NBA game changed you guys? You receive, we see what it's done for Gary. Gary is, you know, got a real, a, a big contract, you know, every year his name is starting to rise. Um, what is it, what is it like for the Harris family, the Harris household? Wow, that's a that's a pretty uh, interesting question. So first off, the simple answer is we're thankful. Right. You know, he's he's definitely um, succeeded, and you know, hopefully, will continue to succeed uh, in the game that he loves. And and I think that's the important part. That's his life, and I, we do by extension. Um, we are connected to him, obviously by blood, but also. By his success, people presume that we're going to be a certain way. And like you said, I'm sure you've been through this. I mean, we're the same people. We're the same regular people uh, from two Midwest cities. My wife and I with similar values, uh, same values we instilled in our child. And uh, she's still working full time and I'm still working full time. So I'm not condemning those who stop working when their kids make it. Uh, to a certain level, but you know, it's his life. It's not our life. You know, anything he wants to do for us um, from a gifting standpoint, Hey, that's on him. And, you know, obviously that would be much appreciated, but right now we're at a stage in our lives where we're still doing what we've always done and that's get up and go to work every day. So, um, but overall being a parent, you know, you, and, and, and this is a black family thing. It's probably all family thing, but I just ca I can only speak from my experience that every generation wants to do better than the next generation. Right. Uh, regardless of what the previous generation did, how successful they were, the next generation, you know, we live to provide the lives for our kids in hopes that they exceed what we did. Um, and, and so that, that's our goal. And, um, you know, that's the way it is. Now, how other people perceive us or perceive him, you know, we can't control that. You know, a lot of love and there's some hate out there too, but either way, we'll take it as it comes. Right. Sure. Last question. 
Um, Gary's in his fifth year, correct? Just completed his fifth Just year. Just completed his fifth year. Um, and I know you talk a lot about um, kind of like having a plan, uh, you know, what's the, what's the long-term plan? What's his goal? Um, wh what do you think, what do you think Gary lands post basketball? Um, do you, do you, is he, is he, a, a, you know, pretty, does he have a business mind? Um, you know, what, what do you think, what do you think is, uh, some, what's going to be long-term for, uh, you know, Gary Harris? What is it? Is, is Gary a junior? Yeah, he is, but, right. but we don't we don't use that junior senior okay. thing because that senior thing ma makes me sound like I'm old, <laughs> you know. So we just Gary and Gary, but yeah, he is technically a junior. Right. What 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 uh, what interest does he have, or you know, is he, is he possibly? I mean, like I said, I mean, you can decline to answer this. Maybe he has something on his sleeve now. I don't know, but uh, you know, what 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 do you think he lands post basketball? You know, I still think it's too early to tell, but I mean, I think he has a basketball mind. He's grown up in the basketball family. So it would be nice to me if he continued in some space. I don't know if he has the, the patience to be a coach, um, but maybe that's the, the route. Uh, maybe he does something in, uh, in management, you know, maybe player personnel, but I think he has a good eye for talent. But um, who knows, maybe something musically or – or artistically, I know he likes to take fo uh, photographs. Um, so he he's a pretty well-rounded individual. Uh, you know, obviously we want him to go back and finish that education. So that would be first and foremost. But the one thing amongst many that the NBA Players Association provides, and I'm sure you know this uh, through your brother, they have opportunities out there for the players to see if they want to pursue certain avenues. So if they want to go into communications, right. they can do internships. They want to do player personnel uh, uh, kind of rotations. They can do that with various NBA teams right. if they want to look at the coaching. So there's a lot of different aspects and hopefully he'll utilize uh, the players association when that time comes to help give him some direction. If he doesn't already have made up in his mind what he wants to do. Right. when he's done but hopefully you know he's, he's he's only 24 he's played five years in the NBA and two years of college at, at the age of 24 so when I was 24 I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do <laughs> even though I was doing something I didn't wasn't quite sure if that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life right. so you know hopefully no limitations sky's the limit and uh, he keeps an open mind and whatever his heart desires uh, hopefully he'll pursue it passionately Hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, definitely very insightful. Um, you know, um, the, definitely the way that you look at things uh, can definitely help a lot of our listeners that possibly have kids that are out there. I mean, uh, we got to realize that all our kids are not the next Gary Harris. <laughs> all our kids are not the next Al Harrington or any other NBA guy. You, you got to let your kids go through. And I, 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 think, I think you touched on this that, you have to let your kids go through and figure out what it is that they want to do. They're, they're going to be the one to actually, um, that has to put in that work and has to, um, you know, they, they, they have to, they have to make their talent or whatever they do. They have to make, um, I don't know, how can I put this? They got to be willing to evolve. They have to put the, the time in. There's nothing as, as a parent that we can do. I mean, we can actually cheer them on, uh, we can give them the avenues, like you said, such training and that type of thing. But 
ultimately it has to come from uh, from your kids. So definitely, thanks for uh, thanks for giving us that insight, Big Gary. Thanks for having me, Harvey. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Hey, uh, as always, uh, go check um, uh, on Facebook. We have uh, Dream Chasers Basketball Indy. You can, uh, you can check out our basketball training. Also, you can go to our website, www.dreamchasersbball.com. Um, we do have camps, um, camps and clinics that we are starting to do. So you can uh, check the website or you can check on Facebook to see what's the uh, what's the newest things that are out there. We got some good stuff coming soon. So uh, check us out when you get a chance. Um, also, uh, if you have any comments, uh, any questions or any any uh, concerns, we would like to hear them. So uh, you can send an email um, uh, through that, that website, uh, dreamchasersbball.com. You can also comment or uh, uh, send a PM on, uh, on Facebook. Um, like I said, we definitely love to hear from you and we would like to discuss uh, some of the some of the issues or things that you see as a parent uh this is what this show is about is to help you guys so um thanks for listening and you guys take care